Last year came and went, and it's behind us. This, this, this is the Rich Eisen Show. With Carson, I mean, you stuck with him a long time. You know, things things just started going a little sideways for us, and then, and then I had to make a decision to bench him. Live from the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. I look back on it now, and I would have done the same thing. Today's guests, Oral Roberts head coach, Paul Mills. Loyola of Chicago head coach, Porter Moser. From NBC Sports, Peter K. Plus, Ohio University head coach Jeff Bowles. And now, it's Rich Eisen. No, it's not. It's Dan Helley filling in for Rich Eisen. And we have a lot of NCAA tourney talk to get to. So pumped to be here with you today. Coming to you from lovely uh, Southern California. L.A., a little chilly getting up this morning, earlier than normal to make it here in the studio. Chris Brockman is here, as always. Look at this. This Cute. is... Um, Cues. Cues in the house! Oh, God. <laughs> What's up? Del Tufo, are we going to have to be living with this for the next three hours, my friend? When they lose in the next game, it'll be all, it'll be fine. Yeah, so but guess what? That next game ain't until this weekend, so we got today and tomorrow, boys. TJ, is this, I'm is, taking off. Is this is normal. This is what we. Uh, no, it's with. not normal because Q's isn't really that good normally. So this isn't. This is a new thing. Well, but, I will. I will what? say this. <laughs> I will say this. I've done a different thing the last couple of years than I normally do. I didn't fill out a bracket, but I did what's called a Calcutta, a Calcutta. with four or five friends. It's basically an auction, okay. and you purchase different teams in the tournament. So you go in this year, for instance, we had six teams in the tournament. And one of the teams we did not have was Syracuse. Uh, I called a bunch of San Diego State games this year, so I loved the Aztecs. I thought they were going to make a big run. Didn't happen. Had West Virginia, played Syracuse. Didn't happen. So if there's one thing I did not want to see this morning coming into the show, it was a big orange Syracuse jersey that Brockman's wearing. But uh, (laughs) that's just the way it is. Throwback Um, mellow. Dude, it is like Cinderella City. And I, I don't know, can we can we call Syracuse a Cinderella as an 11? I really don't feel like we can call a school like Syracuse a Cinderella. I'm just going to start praying with Sister Jean that Brock. <laughs> Come on. Come on. I mean, that's all I need is Sister Jean. If you watched Syracuse play this year, questionable whether we should have made the tournament at all, kind of went on a late run they to were. sneak you guys in. Were really lucky. But end. this is what we do. This is what we've done the last few years. We get in as a 10, 11 seed. And By the way, ask Brockman make if some you noise. picked them to win their, after their first game in his pool. Dan, ask Brockman where he had Syracuse well, go. I'm not a psycho fan. I'm realistic <laughs> about what our team is. If my team, Seton Hall, were in it, I'd pick them to go at least to the 16, if not yeah. higher. Brockman didn't even have them going past the first game. Who cares? <laughs> this is the third time they get to the Sweet 16 as a double-digit seed. Pretty incredible. All right, that's enough about Syracuse. Um, we're not going to be talking about them the rest of the show. So I can much. promise you that. Well, are, we we are, ta- are we going to talk about Tennessee, Dan? We are not going to talk Ooh. about Tennessee either. Ooh. Actually, my favorite uh, text of the weekend from one of my Tennessee buddies uh, was, what is Sister Jean's buyout? So maybe she can come and help us in Knoxville with the balls. We have so many great storylines to get to. Half of the Sweet 16 is set. Three double-digit seeds are in. Uh, This is the first time that four teams seeded 13th or worse have reached the second round of the tournament. Uh, Oral Roberts, what a great story they are as a 15 seed. Uh, Taking down Ohio State and then Florida. Their head coach, Paul Mills, is going to be joining us in just a few minutes. The last time... 
A 15 seed made the Sweet 16. You guys remember that? Florida Gulf Coast? Oh, right? oh yeah. Dunk City. That was, uh, that was a fun team to watch. That and that, uh, that got Andy Enfield a job here sure in L.A. with USC. And he has, uh, he has been here ever since. Paul Mills' team erased that 11-point second half deficit against Florida. Oh, and by the way, when you look at the numbers on this game, Florida shot 55%. They out-rebounded. Oral Roberts by a ton, and Oral Roberts still found uh, found a way to win that one. So looking forward to that. Oregon State, by the way, pretty good run for these guys. Picked to finish last in the Pac-12. They win the conference tourney. They're in the Sweet 16 for the first time since 1975. Quick math, since I was born in 75, <laughs> uh, almost 46 years ago. Man, that's Whoa. crazy. Whoa. Wow. Nuts. Uh, and Syracuse, as we just talked about, uh, does it again. I, Buddy Bayheim. Buddy Buckets? Buddy Buckets. How can you not love the dude? <laughs> He's amazing. Unfair advantage, though, as I learned, he does have a full-court gymnasium at his house, which enabled him to, uh, to get up a few extra shots. But, but dude can shoot. Helps when you're the coach's kid. Yeah. No, the dude can shoot. Uh, Loyola Chicago, back in the Sweet 16. Again, taking down the number one seed in Illinois. Uh, they led wire to wire. How they're an eighth seed is actually just baffling. To me, I, all the metrics, they're a top 10 team in the country, yet somehow they become an eight seed and they prove that they're much better than that. Uh, Porter Moser, the head coach of Loyola Chicago, going to be coming up on the show. Let's let's take a look at, uh, for our TV viewers, the guests we have coming up today. Paul Mills from Oral Roberts, Porter Moser from Loyola Chicago, Peter King, going to talk a little NFL with, with us, and Jeff Bowles from Ohio. He played at Ohio. He's now coaching there in his second year, and then they play Creighton tonight, so he'll be joining us at 2.20 Eastern. Also, some uh, NBA news uh, that we'll be getting to a little bit later. Lamelo Ball, the Rookie of the Year frontrunner, could be out for the season with a broken wrist. Oh, such a bummer. Uh, much better than I anticipated that he would be, and I think more so than anything, he's just made the Hornets relevant again. Did you know they have two guys averaging 20 points per game? No. Yeah. Well, Gordon Hayward, I, th- I think a lot of people know that he left the Celtics, went to the Hornets. Yep. Uh, Terry Rogier is there, but all anybody wants to talk about uh, is LaMelo, um, and for good reason. He's been outstanding this year, averaging almost 16 points, six assists, six rebounds per game. Uh, right now, sitting at 20 and 21 in that eighth seed uh, in the East, but uh, they're sure to uh, be dropping down a little bit. In the NFL, draft going to be in Cleveland. The NFL welcoming fans back to the draft, announcing Monday uh, that the uh, event's going to take place from April 29th to May 1st. They're going to have a select number of prospects, fans, and media in attendance. That is good news, kind of building on last year's virtual draft. That, last year was cool, right? It was different. Yeah, different. It was cool. Right. You know, Vrabel's kid gets in there dressed <laughs> up in a costume. Surely. Some of the coaches are putting picks in from their uh, – and GM's putting picks in from their basements. It was a novelty. But it was a novelty that I'm, I'm cool to kind of yeah. let rest after a year and let's get back to normal. Soon. One and done, like a bunch of these college kids, one and done experience on the virtual NFL draft. But it was awesome. It helped us get through everything that was happening last spring that was so chaotic and unknown. And uh, let's get back to normal. Yeah, I'm ready to get back to normal. You know what was more normal than I anticipated uh, was the spending in NFL free agency. We're going to be talking to Ooh. Peter King about this as well coming up in the next hour. They had a third the amount of money they have in, have had in previous years, the teams did, and they're still big spenders. Still Kenny Galladay, the latest, just to get a big contract, four years, $72 million. 
forty million guaranteed from the Giants. Um, I I contend that the uh, the NFC East still uh, not the most interesting division in football. Give me the NFC West there. We're going to be tackling that in a few minutes. And then Deshaun Jackson, uh, as we look at Galladay, reunites with Sean McVay in L.A. It's a one-year deal. I'm playing pickleball, taking a break from tournament games yesterday <laughs> with a uh, little mixed doubles pickle. My that buddy looks fun. at his uh, Apple Watch and he says, dude, the Rams just got a three-time Pro Bowler at wide receiver. And I'm racking my brain. <laughs> and, and I'm like, like huh? T.Y. Hilton? I don't think he made three Pro Bowls. Deshaun Jackson, the last name to pop into my head. But if you really think about it, it's making a lot of sense for the Rams to bring Deshaun Jackson in, a guy that, hey, maybe you only get 10, 11 games out of Deshaun Jackson because he's injured seemingly every single year. But just having him out there on the field, a threat to take the top off a defense, opens things up for everything else. I love the signing. He's 34 years old, only five games last year in Philadelphia. Just a one-year deal. We're not talking big money here, but it's a homecoming for Deshaun. Played his high school football in Long Beach at uh, the famed Long Beach Poly Mm -hmm. High School, where our good buddy Willie McGinnis went to high school as well. So um, could be his last year. Maybe he plays another year or two. Uh, But I like that signing uh, for the Rams. Talked about these interviews that we have coming up as well. I, I am baffled by the amount of upsets we have seen in this year's tournament. And I'm wondering if it is because, obviously, with the UVA game, COVID affected them mightily. Yeah. They didn't arrive in Indy until Friday. Right, uh, Hadn't been able to practice, had been in uh, quarantine. Um, certainly that didn't, uh, that didn't help their cause. But this has been made many a times over the years. But it is the single greatest sporting event in my mind that we have because a team like Ohio, a team like Loyola Chicago, and I hesitate to lump them in with some of these other Cinderella's because Loyola's been ranked in the top 25 for a good portion of the season. They are a mid-major by name only. They're a very, very good basketball team. But you're not going to see Coastal Carolina, as good as they were in football this year, beating Alabama. That's just not going to happen in football. But we see that in basketball, and that, right. that's what makes this tournament so special. It's, it's been absolutely remarkable, the run that some of these teams have been on. Also, you think about it, a lot of these teams, we'll just look at a number one seed, Baylor, one of the championship uh, favorites, hopefuls. They missed several weeks of their season because of COVID. They had a massive shutdown to the start and stop. Teams' non-conference schedule wasn't what it normally is. No, none of these preseason tournaments, Maui, Bahamas, coaches versus cancer, none of those took place this year, mostly just playing your conference. So you're really unfamiliar with other teams and other their styles. So it makes a lot of these games where it's just a bunch of random teams playing together. The nature of the tournament makes them a lot more exciting, a lot more upset uh, upset prone. Well, and obviously you're dealing with the COVID issues as well. VCU had to forfeit, uh, had a forfeit yeah. uh, to Oregon because uh, COVID protocols. Uh, and you have several teams, Ohio being one of them, we'll be uh, talking uh, extensively about them coming up here in a few minutes. Um, they had a three-week span during the season from February 3rd to the 24th or 25th, I believe, where they didn't play a single game. And how you keep your team ready, how you keep your team active, and how you keep your team healthy um, is one of the bigger challenges this year. And everybody has the different rules and have had through, you know, one conference has certain rules, one state has certain rules. I was talking to a buddy of mine, Dave Feldman, who calls games for ESPN, he was calling games from his home office, and he called a couple on site 
in San Francisco, and he would sit courtside, no fans. Um, they would allow him to call the game without wearing a mask. I was down in San Diego State calling several games, had to wear a mask courtside. And, of course, you don't have a problem with it because the one thing that all of those teams are concerned about is just staying healthy. And one of the teams that uh, did not miss any games because of their own doing was, was San Diego State, and they were very proud of that. Listen, we, we followed all the rules. We did everything we had to do. Obviously didn't translate into success for them uh, in the tournament um, as they lose in the first round. But let me ask was, you real quick, what was the atmosphere like calling those games in the empty arena? It's different, but you know you have you have your your cans on, oh. and there's a little crowd noise that's yeah. pumped in, so it's not as strange as you would think. Okay. Um, I also did a, a Lions uh, Washington football team game in Detroit, where they had 500 fans in the stands, and same thing. You you have the crowd noise that's pumped in. Yeah. Um, you, so you, it's not like you have to bring your own energy as much as I thought that you would. Okay. Um. Because you're so you're watching the game, you're what's going on on the field is the of the utmost importance. But th- there is there's certainly something missing, right? By not having the having yeah, the fans en- there. energy, sure. and I think that for the play, it affects the players a lot more than it affects you know the broadcasters. Yeah. Um, but you know they they put their 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 cardboard cutouts in there and they they pipe the fan noise in and they try to make it as as normal as possible. Um, I'm glad that there are some fans at the at the tournament. You know, you, you yeah. get you get a handful there. It's really cool. What yeah. is it, 25 percent capacity? Something yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah. So it's been I, fun. I, I'm you know I didn't watch a lot of college basketball this year, uh, but I'm finding myself right back to normal, like it was like like any other year's tournament. Like I'm sucked in, even though my bracket is absolutely garbage. Like I'm just the games are so exciting. So. You listen to Seth Davis and Jay Billis and some of these guys that cover college hoops for a living, and they're filling out their bracket during the selection show, like kind of while they're while they're on the air. So they do it in about two minutes, but their reservoir of knowledge obviously much greater than Brockman's and mine. And when it comes <laughs> to college basketball, <laughs> but I find myself the last couple of years almost doing the same thing. I'll have one bracket where. I just fill it out in two minutes. I have one where I do a little more of a deep dive. Yeah. And then this year, I just didn't even do one because I'm doing this Calcutta thing. Right. Uh, how, how long does it take you to fill out your bracket? Probably the same, uh, probably a couple minutes. But then I went back. I was like, uh, it's not going to be four number ones in the final four. It's not all the, right, right. all ones and two seeds aren't going to make the Elite Eight. Let me see where I can cherry pick some upsets. Oh, the Big Ten. They were, <laughs> they were a tough conference. We heard all year from Big Ten honks how great their conference was this year. So I went with two Big Ten teams in the Final Four. I went with a Big Ten champion. What an absolute sham. <laughs> debacle. Like, get out of here, Big Ten. What are you t- – Illinois, champ, down. Ohio State, see ya. Purdue, bye-bye. Well, and Michigan's the one that everybody wanted to bet against, right? Yeah. Everybody thought, eh, you know, yeah, Michigan's the one, one seed that All I right. could see getting upset early. But you know what's going to happen? There's going to be a team like Maryland yep. that's going to represent and maybe make it to the Sweet 16 or even the Elite Eight. Yep. You know, of course, they have Bama coming up, so that's going to be an interesting one to watch. Did you see this? Uh, did you see this thing where a better wins thirty three thousand on a ten dollar ten leg what? parlay no. in March Madness? No way. Bananas. Ten dollars to win thirty three thousand. These were his picks. Abilene Christian. 
UCLA over BYU, Arkansas over Texas Tech, Loyola Chicago, Oral <laughs> Roberts, <laughs> what? Baylor, Oregon State, Nova, Hughes, hey. and Houston. So he's got what a, 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 a two 11s, a 12, 13, and fourteen. I mean, an Oral Roberts to fifteen. You have a better chance of colonizing Mars before Elon Musk <laughs> than you do of, of winning that 10-team parlay. That's insane. That's one of those where you're like, watch what I'm about to do. Like, you know, you're kind of hammered at the sports book, and you're just random. I'm going to pick all these upsets, and then we'll throw in Alabama. Wow. This is nutty. Good, all right. We have a, uh, a lot of hoops to uh, get to. Dan Helley filling in for Rich Eisen on the Rich Eisen Show. We have Oral Roberts head coach Paul Mills, the Golden Eagles in the Sweet 16, joining us coming up next. Hey, folks, it's time for the NFL draft, which means for me, I need a good night's sleep because if I don't have one, I'm just not myself. You know the deal. You know exactly how important it is to have quality sleep. It's a game changer for all of us. So sleep number helps me. My sleep number setting is 60. My wife's setting is 70. We both get a great night's sleep because we could adjust the firmness of our mattress on each side. Improve your quality sleep because Sleep Number learns how you sleep thanks to their smart beds and provide personalized insights to help you sleep better. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Let's talk game time. Boy, do we love using game time tickets at the Rich Eisen Show. And every single time I've been watching the basketball playoffs on TV, I've been wondering what it would be like to be at these games. And when you choose your tickets on game time, you can see the view from your seat where the court is, where you are in relation to it. And then the all-in prices, that's my favorite feature. The all-in prices makes sure that you see the lowest price guarantee and also know exactly how much everything costs costs all in before you purchase so all the guesswork is removed when you buy playoff tickets with game time download the game time app create an account and use my code rich for twenty dollars off your first purchase terms apply visit gametime.co for restrictions again create an account redeem my code r-i-c-h for twenty dollars off your first purchase download game time today last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed Philadelphia Eagles, we have that to talk yes. about, too. Yes, as I'm draped you in are. my Eagles paraphernalia. Now, that, yes. that's like you got, so you got the green hoodie. Yeah, I went green hoodie, and then I went satin black jacket oh, I just with a that. black eagle on it. This is subtle. <laughs> yeah, this is subtle. <laughs> I didn't want to come here and be, yeah. you know, blatant with it. This is a subtle. Yeah, I didn't notice it. It's sort of like a watermark yeah. sort of situation that yeah. you have right but Then there. you get up close and you're like, whoa, he really is an Eagles fan. He's got a lot. <laughs> yes. He's got a lot of Eagles stuff on. I'm wearing a jersey to the Super Bowl with the Jerome Brown patch. That's what you're going to do? Yes. Okay. I got the Randall Cunningham jersey, but my jersey has Jerome Brown patch. Well, what will it say on the back? Will it say heart? Will it say your no, name? No, it's going to say Cunningham. It's a real jersey. Okay. I can't make it say heart. I'm no longer authentic <laughs> if I make it say heart. It's got to be a real jersey. This okay. is a real moment. Understand. It's a big moment for me, man. This is it. It's huh? a big game. What do you think? 
What do you mean? What do I think? The score's gonna be 80, 83 to six. I called it. I put my prediction out there a long time ago. Okay. Eight. I had a dream. I saw it. And how many to that? So how many touchdowns then for Nick Foles then out of that? Nick Foles going to throw for thirty two touchdowns. <laughs> thirty two. Trying to do the math in my head right now. Thirty two touchdowns. Yeah, that is. We're, we're, we just put I, your. I didn't your want to show eighty three to six. Yeah, I didn't want to show if my math was good or bad, and so I just threw a number out there. I think I made. I like the it. ballpark. Here's what people need to understand about the Patriots right now, and I know that. There's a lot of New England Patriots fans. There's a lot of Tom Brady lovers out there, as you should, okay? They're not running over the NFL. They they didn't breeze through these playoffs. They shouldn't have beaten the Jaguars. They shouldn't have. Mm-hmm. They did, yeah. but they shouldn't have. Mm-hmm. It's not like they have displayed this, oh, my God, they're just, nobody's going to be able to deal with them. they our defense has been an amazing defense throughout the whole season. I really see our defense and our front four getting to Brady. If we get to Brady, it's going to be a problem. And we run the ball very well. It's going to be a grinding game. And Foles is going into this game with so much confidence. After the last game, he's got so much confidence. I don't care what you say. You can't beat confidence. You know how much confidence I have? Yeah. You can't beat my confidence. I don't care what you tell me. I'm so confident. I'm so confident. Foles has confidence. Our defense has confidence. We are here. This is where we said we would be in the beginning of the season, and we got here. That's confidence. They're used to being here. That's cocky. That's that's a little nonchalant shoulder shrug. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll do it again. Mm-hmm. It's not the same type of confidence. It's not the same type of hunger. It's a different level of hunger. And these dogs got to eat. Get it? Because they was calling us underdogs. Yes, <laughs> I know. Welcome back, everybody, to the Rich Eisen Show. Dan Helley here filling in for Rich on this NCAA Tournament Monday. We have uh, half of the Sweet 16 team set. We already have uh, a game going on right now as we speak. I love Monday with college hoops. Oregon right now leading Iowa 12-11 to in the second round. No bigger story in the NCAA tournament so far than Oral Roberts and the Golden Eagles head coach Paul Mills joining the Rich Eisen Show right now. Coach Dan Helley here, so happy to have you on. I cannot tell you how crazy it was to see you guys do what you did to get to the Sweet 16, just the second 15 seed ever to make it this far in the tournament. And apparently, it's not a big surprise to you. You've been telling your guys all season long you're going to do this, right? Well, Dan, one, thank you uh, for having me on. Uh, Two, I I think that, you know, any time that you're competitive and you believe in the people that you have – you know, you're you're trying to have that mentality and instill that confidence, and not phony confidence. But I believe that our players had put in the work. Um, I, I believe that that we were competitive. I mean, if you go look, we played the third toughest non-conference schedule in the country. Uh, all five teams that we played in the non-conference made the NCAA tournament. Now, we didn't win any of those games. Lost by five to Oklahoma State at OSU. Lost by five at Wichita State. We were up 12 on Arkansas in the second half. Ended up losing that one. And so we knew that if we tightened up some areas on some really good teams, 
that these are two possessions that we need to make up. And I just felt over the course of time, the course of the year, that we would make those corrections, and to our guys' credit, uh, we've done that. Yeah, I would say so. I'm just looking at your uh, your Twitter page right now, Coach Mills, and I think this Sweet 16 run deserves verification. We're going to have to contact Twitter, <laughs> get that blue check mark for you. Uh, I'm sure that will be coming down the pipe at any moment, right? Has to. Uh, I no, yeah, I didn't even know about verification. I have two teenage daughters, and uh, when I took the job here, uh, they said your job's to get verified, not <laughs> O R U. And uh, <laughs> and so I didn't even know what that meant. But uh, honest to goodness, it's uh, I, I don't care anything about it. <laughs> well, I, it's funny you say that about the the, the teenage daughters. I have uh, a, a teenage son and daughter, thirteen and fourteen, and um, yeah, they get they get quite a kick out of that. They're like, Dad, that yeah, doesn't make any yeah, sense. They, I don't. They, that that that's important to uh, to teenage kids. What what has that been like for them to watch this run for you guys? Well, it's it's great. Uh, I mean, my, my kids have always been all in on wherever we were uh they do have different level of shrills when other people shoot free throws uh so so they can change (laughs) octave levels based upon your free throw percentage if you're bad they'll go a little lower uh if you're really good those shrills will get really higher so they've they've been all in what's been tough is you can't even touch them right you can't even hug your wife you can't hug your children um after moments like ohio state and, and and uh, Florida last night. And so from that context, it's just you got to wave to them. So uh, they're old enough to understand it. Um, I feel bad for some of our other coaches who have, you know, four-year-olds and two-year-olds. And, and they they want dad to lose uh, <laughs> for some of our assistant coaches because they want to see him and get him back home. But uh, that, that, that's been tough, obviously, not being able to share those moments with your family. How do you keep your guys from from getting too high? I mean, you win that that first round game against second seeded Ohio State, and then you come back against Florida from you know an eleven point deficit in the second half. What does it say about these troops that you just have them believing? Well, one, if if you get too high, you're going to lose, and and so if you like losing, uh, go ahead and. Uh, pay attention to all the hype and read the social media and return all the text messages. Uh, if you don't like losing, uh, then get focused in on what's important. And there, there'll be a time to return all these text messages, uh, deal with all of these other issues. Uh, we're off actually today and we'll be off tomorrow um, in order to have these guys rest because we don't play until Saturday evening. But uh, I mean, you, you, get, you have to turn the page pretty quickly. I mean, I heard a, a, a old football coach say one time, uh, you're a peacock one day and then you're a feather duster tomorrow. <laughs> and you realize just, one, how quickly this thing can change if you don't lock in on your responsibilities. And we have a very mature group, and they've been able to do that. You're a peacock one day and a feather duster the next. Man, I like that. That is that is penthouse to outhouse in a hurry. Uh, Dan Helley on the Rich Eisen Show filling in with Paul Mills, the – head coach at Oral Roberts. It is the Cinderella story of the NCAA tournament this year. What an amazing run it has been for the Golden Eagles. They beat Ohio State, then they beat Florida, just the second 15 seed to ever make it to the Sweet 16. In the Florida game, you guys had that intentional foul. There were about three minutes to go. Um, Kind of a risky move. Uh, The analytics said that it, it was a smart move. Was that 
Was that your idea? You guys were down one, I believe, at that point. Was that your idea, or do we need to give credit to a, to a really smart assistant for that one? Yeah, it's actually our graduate assistant, Ian Lehman. Ian was at uh, Indiana, and uh, he and, and Sam Patterson, one of my assistant coaches, um, said, hey, 15 is 6 for 12. And I looked over, and I said, in the SEC or on the year? And they said, on the year. And I said, we're fouling him. And so credit to, to Ian Lehman and Coach Patterson uh, for, for, for bringing that up. But we were at the free throw line shooting. Max was to, to cut a three-point deficit to one, and we weren't able to get stops. And so um, we knew a play call that, that they were about to run, and we knew that that, that guy um, was going to touch it. And uh, fortunately, it worked out for us. So – explain to me the situation with with dancing on campus because i'm assuming some people are are dancing a little bit lately the way things have been going for you yeah honestly don't know i i mean i doubt there and i've heard people say there's a prohibition against dancing uh the the president asked me to dance after we went to the conference tournament so surely that's not a policy <laughs> uh, the president is encouraging it uh but I, I do like the whole idea. It's not as if you could ever stop kids from dancing. I don't even think that's uh, possible. I know Baylor, uh, when I was there, I think they had a, a policy uh, way back in the 1980s. I'm sure at some point a number of uh, Christian universities may have had certain things in place that, that they realize now uh, may not be the case that, that you can kind of put limits on people. But uh, I, I, it was glad to see we had, we had a number of people in the Maybe Center where we play, and it wasn't socially distanced. Uh, but but it's it's good to see kind of people lose their mind for a little bit because over the course of the past year, obviously, we everybody has done their best to stay away, and and to have an event that could just kind of bring people together for even just a brief moment uh, is it, pretty cool. Dan Helley filling in on the Rich Eisen Show, talking to Paul Mills, head coach of Oral Roberts. It is by far you know, the best story of the NCAA tournament so far, and there are a lot of great ones out there right now. Coach, you talked about keeping the kids off social media. We don't need to answer all the text messages. Is that even possible? And is that something you really say to them, hey, let's just put the phones down for a while? Um, one, it is possible. I mean, it, it isn't as if you can't do it. Um, two, uh, th- there's a time and a place for it, right? Um, I mean, I, as I told them, talk to your mom, talk to your dad, uh, talk to your girlfriend. Um, but I mean, th- nobody's going to think you're rude because you're focused in on your responsibility. And, and, and I do think that, um, probably your more mature players, uh, know how to handle that kind of thing. And and maybe some younger guys don't, but I, I can assure you that that what our guys enjoy is winning and being together. And in order for those things to happen, you do have to avoid distractions. You talked about some of your leaders, Max Asmus and Kevin O'Banner, have been absolute stallions for you in this tournament. I I don't know that I've seen two guys have back to back games as good as they've had in, in, in a long time. Um, how much do you lean on the, on these two? Well, they're the best duo in the country, scoring-wise. Max is obviously the leading scorer in the country. And then when you look at Kevin and his contributions, there's no other team who has a duo um, like we do. And and people know that, right? Um, and, and so 
it's one thing to perform when you're not a focus of a defense. It's a different element to do it when you are. But they're also the two best in the country, in my mind, in middle pick and roll. And so uh, we put those guys in a ton of different middle pick and roll situations. And Max is making the right read. Kevin is making the right read. And, and they're doing a phenomenal job of just this is actually the best play. We talk a lot about we're not here to get a good shot. We're here to get a great shot. And and, and they understand what their strengths are and do terrific work in middle pick and roll, especially with all of the coverages that we've seen through the course of the year because and we've, we've seen it all from trapping to switching. Uh, uh, regardless of what it is, we've kind of seen all the elements and, and They've, they've handled all this stuff really well. They've been fantastic. What, what are you doing for the next couple of days? Obviously, you're, you're, pra- you're practicing, you're hanging out, but during the day, when you're not on the practice floor, what are you guys doing as a team? How much time do these players get on their own? Are they hanging out in the room? Because you're not going anywhere. Yeah, uh, yeah. unfortunately, we haven't breathed any Indianapolis air. You're just breathing air conditioning the whole time. Uh, so we're trying to find a way to get a kickball game in uh, the baseball <laughs> field that they're uh, allowing us to, to get across. So uh, i got to make sure I stretch. I don't want to pull a hamstring or anything. You're going to play um, in the game? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, we'll probably do staff versus players. Uh, the good thing is I've got about a hundred graduate assistants and student managers, so we can outnumber them by quite a bit and uh, make sure everybody's in the field. Uh, we'll lose it athletically, but uh, we're just trying to breathe fresh air right now. And, and the reality is, is our guys have schoolwork to do, and they've got a responsibility there. And so uh, they've got tutoring via Zoom, they've got classes via Zoom. And, and so they have responsibilities uh, as a student as well. And then you're COVID testing every day. Uh, you're watching film. And so uh, we, we, we keep them busy. We don't let them just get to their own. But uh, there, there is about a two-hour period where they're playing a number of card games and, and 2K on PS5. Uh, so, so there is a break. You brought up school. I almost forgot that they had to take classes. I, I can't yeah, imagine you got, playing you the tournament. You've got to study for a final. Yes. Yeah, that's wild. So you guys have you have Arkansas coming up next. You played them before, right, in December? Played them in December. And and they Ace Miss had an uncharacteristic game for him, just 11 points. What, what did you learn uh, from playing the Razorbacks in that game? One, we're a different team than, than what we were. Um, we got up 12 um, at, at, at the half, or we were up 10 at the half, got up 12 early. And and then they basically turned up their offensive rebound and transition game, and we didn't do well. The one thing that did happen that game was um, Max, Max, we would kind of, one of our other players, we would kind of move them both on the ball and off the ball. Um, whereas the, we're way different now than what we were then simply because the ball is in Max's hand about 99.99% of the time now. And so uh, and so from that, I just think the decision-making since that course of the game, we, we've become a different team. And it's obviously played out really well for us. I'm looking at your uh, schedule here, and you had – you had a what? One, two, three, three games canceled. A couple postponed. Um, we had one against. Uh, we had one conference game uh, that was scheduled, and then we had one other non-conference game um, that got 
delayed for a week. So we literally only had one game that we had to miss all year on account of COVID. So you played nearly a full schedule, which is not the yeah, case we, for a lot of these teams. We didn't have any issues with COVID this year, our team. So we, we've been very fortunate. Well, that, that is, that's outstanding. And I guess you're very fortunate now, too, because when you punch your name into Google, one of the first things that pops up is your quote about being able to do laundry now. <laughs> is, 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 that, sure is that something you got? Have whatever. you done the laundry yet? <laughs> uh, you know what? They came by, so we got back, I don't know, midnight last night, and about 1 o'clock, uh, they gave us a bag, and then they said, hey, it has to be out at 9. And by 1, I had the bag full and was sitting outside my door, and somebody was kind enough to come grab it. They came by last night and just grabbed our laundry. So uh, I think they said it'd be ready at some time around 2 o'clock today, and, and that is a good thing um, because – literally out of close. <laughs> well, you got to be careful during that kickball game, right? You, you can't. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, so uh, they told us, Hey, pack for seven to 10 days and then there'll be laundry being able to do so. And we literally, we got here last Saturday. So today's Monday. So I packed for right around that number. So it, it's, it's good now to, uh, to get, hey, everything's fresh and clean. Here we go. We can start right back over. I love it. I love it. You're playing with house money right now, Paul, obviously. Do you allow well, – I, I promise you we don't think that way. Do you allow yourself to look ahead at all to, to, to what what could be next if you advance? Um, To Baylor Villanova? Yep. I only know that because I talked to Scott Drew this morning. And he's like, you know, we're on the same side of the bracket. And I was like, I had no idea. Uh, I honestly didn't know who we were supposed to play after this one. And I was like, who are we playing next? And they were the Texas Tech uh, Arkansas winner. And I was like, oh, okay. Uh, but uh, honest to goodness, I had no idea. I, I, I did vaguely know that, that Baylor was in the South, but it's not anything that you ever paid attention to. So, uh, but no, uh, we, I, I can assure you all our attention will, uh, will be on Arkansas. This is going to change the life of everybody involved with, with Oral Roberts basketball program, but, but perhaps nobody more than you down the road. Is that something that's crept into your mind? In what context? Well, there's just there's door, opportunities, doors open when you guys do what you've done. Andy Enfield, the last coach to do that at Florida Gulf Coast, is is you know is is now at USC. Just in general, it could be book deals, it could be anything. This is a big, big deal. Is that something as you're sitting around and you're doing your laundry that you allow to creep into your head? <laughs> well, I, I will say this: my only desire ever. Um, I love the movie Hoosiers, right? I've seen it well over a thousand times, um, and. and, and all I wanted to do was be a really good high school coach because I just love the high school environment. I love that investment. What I realized in my six years of coaching high school was, man, these guys, not that you expect them to love it as much as you, but I'd have one or two guys who loved it as much as me. So when I went to college, I was like, all right, you're going to be around guys who enjoy it. And that's what I'm able to do. And so from that context, I mean, I, I'm doing exactly what I'm called to do, and that is investing in the lives of these 18 to 22-year-olds at a place that I believe in in the mission of, of investing in young men. 
and and can do it in a way. And so, I mean, I wake up every single day excited uh, not only to recruit for ORU, but to invest in our players here. So uh, I, I, I'm glad that our players get this experience, and, and I hope it's even more. I mean, when I took the job, honest to goodness, um, I talked about being in Final Fours, and you've seen it with Gonzaga, you've seen it with Butler, you've seen it with Loyola Chicago, seen it with George Mason, um, you've seen it with VCU, you've seen it with Wichita State. You've seen a number of mid-majors do that. And I think those are the things that make college basketball so exciting. And I honestly believe we can do it here at ORU. And why not Oral Roberts? What a run it has been so far. Hey, Coach, I really appreciate the time. We kept you a little longer than I expected. Uh, the entire nation... All 49 states besides Arkansas, I think, are rooting for you guys. So, <laughs> well, good well lu- thanks, Dan. Good luck coming up. Uh, again, appreciate the time. Glad you're going to have some clean laundry. And please be careful. Do not pull a hamstring in that kickball game. Yeah, Leave it to I the agree. young grad assistants. I agree, yeah. So if I'm limping on a Saturday night, you'll know why. You're the man. Good luck, Coach. Thank you. Thank you. That's Paul Mills from Oral Roberts University getting ready to play. Arkansas coming up here in a few days. A 15 seed, just the second ever in the Sweet 16. Uh, I, that's a coach I could play for, fellas. Yeah, I, I liked I liked everything he said there. And I you know, I, I felt like I had to ask the question about opportunities that could be out there. Sure. And I, he yeah. gave the exact answer that I, I, I thought that he would give. But I think it's impossible, whether you're a player, whether you're a coach on that staff, you could be a grad assistant on that staff. I would be thinking about, okay, uh, if Coach Mills goes here – I could be following him there. That's how it works, right? You, you, you follow the coattails of a successful coach, and that's that's how you build your career in that business. And, but and this what is run. what March Madness does. March Madness creates stars and creates opportunities that didn't exist a couple of weeks ago. That's what March yeah. Madness is all about. It's one of the beauties of it. It's why we love it. Learning about new players, learning about new teams, learning about new coaches. And we've got one in Paul Mills. And, and what about the grad assistant that told him, hey, we got to foul this guy because he's a 50% free throw shooter on the season on the with three season. minutes to go in the game? I don't know if you're <laughs> watching that point, season. but the three minutes to go, uh, they're down one. It's not normally a fouling situation. No. And they decided to do it. It paid dividends. They got the stop uh, next time down the court. Um, and what a, what a story, man. What a story. This is what makes the NCAA tournament so great. Uh, Paul Mills, the first of our guests today. Rich Eisen uh, on vacation. Dan Helley here filling in, talking a lot of hoops and NFL coming up. Peter King will be joining us in the next hour as we'll be back after this. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about... How to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford anything, wherever you listen. What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. 
I tried to explain to my eight-year-old the other day about what an encyclopedia was. Why? You know what? I sold encyclopedias for one week in Kansas Get City. Out of here! I swear to you, I I, I went door to door. David Keckner was a door-to-door yeah. encyclopedia salesman in Kansas City. Yes, I, I came. I uh, <laughs> after my sophomore year in college, I decided I'm not going back to Tipton, Missouri, where I'm from. Two thousand yes. people. I'm going to go to Kansas City where I get some buddies there. Yeah. I met from college. My dad said, "Okay, well, you have to have X number of dollars saved yes. before you go back to school." Yes. Because I'm not just, you know, paying for everything. So I had a series of jobs, one selling cable, one selling encyclopedias, one selling Circus Delight ice cream, none of which panned out. I just had job after job. How many encyclopedias did you sell? None. Zero. There was a 10-page script. You had to go into people's houses, and it was a takeaway script. Do you believe education is important? Yes, of course I do. Great, so do I. It was just (laughs) uh, a takeaway. Well, I'm not sure you're... Really committed to your children if you don't believe blah, 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 blah. We used to get dropped off in the neighborhoods at like 1045 at night. Yeah. And, and ring the bell. Ring the bell. <laughs> we had cops call on us. I'm like, I don't think this job is the right one. Well, David, if uh, not to top you, as you topped me at the very Doesn't beginning matter. of We're this conversation. There's okay. no topping. There's forever. Only, there's forever. No, forever. There's only communion. Okay, okay yes. so here. So uh, I. This is my favorite story, by the way. One of my first jobs I ever had was cold calling Brooklyn and Staten Island residents for the New York Post at Saturday morning, 8 a.m. And the language I heard, yeah, it, it's not even safe for certain types of work. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I could not, and I would sell uh, eventually the newspaper to people who hardly spoke English, oh. and it was terrible. I they felt, thought they had to take it. I, felt that, I don't even think they knew what the hell the New York Post was. Right. But, I mean, at 8 in the morning on a Saturday, just call people up, you know, uh, yeah, uh, are, 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 do you have, do you, do you subscribe to New York Post? No, I do not. Like, what would you like? I mean, it was terrible, man. Oh, my gosh. And then terrible. halfway after a minute, they're like, who is this? <laughs> what? What, do you remember the pitch at all? Oh, it was just, yeah, I mean, you know, how would you like to get the most New York or something stupid like that? Or But at 8 a.m., a, a lot of people don't pick up. No. Or if they do, they're just really. And I'm interested in, uh, in subscribing yeah. to a newspaper. Confused and then irate. So did you? So did you get? You didn't even get close to selling. No, oh. no, 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 not even close. I mean, even I, with I, that I, opening line of "Do you care about education?" Is education? Yeah, it, you know what? I'll, I'll tell you this. <laughs> I could. I, I only memorized the first page. Uh-huh. So had I gotten to a sale, I would not have known what to do. Welcome back, folks. Dan Helley filling in for Rich Eisen on the Rich Eisen Show. Just had Oral Roberts head coach Paul Mills on, among other things that intrigues me about this NCAA tournament, is what these guys are doing inside this bubble in Indianapolis because they practice, they play, and then they don't leave the hotel room. Coach Mills said, yeah, instead of breathing the the fresh air of lovely downtown Indianapolis, it's all air conditioning because we're essentially quarantined. They get COVID tested every day. Um, It's a billion-dollar tournament, folks. They want to make sure that they get this thing off. We've already seen (laughs) one team, VCU, um, lose and have to forfeit because of COVID issues. So, you know, a team like Oral Roberts that uh, is making history in the Sweet 16 is just the second 15 seed ever to get there. The last thing they want to do is lose – a player, let alone a star player 
uh, because he contracts COVID. So what do you do to keep busy? It's video games, it's cards, and surprisingly, it was a game of kickball, <laughs> potentially coaches versus players. I, that's another thing where I'm like, wow, I don't know, man. Do you want to risk like a hamstring pull? What happens if Max uh, Aismas, uh, you know, slips and tears a meniscus playing <laughs> right. kickball? Yeah. But you're out there practicing basketball every day. I think it's I think it's safe to assume that these guys are going to be okay playing kickball. But that's the most interesting thing I've heard yet coming out of the bubble in Indianapolis is that Oral Roberts is playing kickball, <laughs> among other things. Uh, we also did learn today that the draft is going to be in Cleveland. The NFL is going to be welcoming fans back to the draft. It's going to be April 29th to May 1st. A select number of prospects, fans, media going to be in attendance. The clubs are going to designate a number of draft ambassadors. That's fans who are going to get front row seats. They will have to wear masks and be vaccinated. Kind of building on last year's virtual draft uh, Additional prospects are going to be able to participate in draft festivities remotely from their homes around the country. It's almost like everybody's going to have a home cam, you know, after all that we've been dealing with lately. Club personnel involved in the selection process will be permitted to gather in a draft room at a location of their choosing, whether that's at their facility or elsewhere. I'll be curious to see if there are teams that choose to continue to do this remotely from their house or maybe maybe a couple of guys gather at the GM's house because I know there are certain people that did enjoy that process yeah. being able to be there um, we're used to the big war room and a mm-hmm. camera in there and a meeting of the minds you know the other thing that's going to be really interesting as we lead up to the draft is the draft process and evaluating these players you hear general managers and scouts and team presidents talking about how difficult this is going to be, this process of evaluating players when there are some guys who opted out, didn't play last season in college. So you haven't seen them playing a live football game in more than a calendar year. So how are you supposed to evaluate them with no combine and no play on the field? Now, of course, almost every school is having a pro day of some sort, so they're going to see most of these kids you know, run the 40 and rep out 225 and do the shuttle drill and the cone drill and run routes. But to me, it might almost be a positive because instead of focusing as much as we always do on the 40 times to get somebody like John Ross, maybe draft a little bit higher than he should have been, these guys are going to be watching the tape. They're going to be watching football players play football. I know it's a novel idea, <laughs> right, right? but maybe let's draft guys based on how they produce on the field. I'm always fascinated by the pre-draft process and how a, a quarterback can go from, you know, a fringe first rounder, likely second rounder to top 10 pick. You know, Adam Schefter has already said that he expects four quarterbacks to go in the first seven picks. Whew. Mike Tannenbaum. Uh, came on my podcast, The Helipod, last week, says he expects four to go in the first eight picks. And I think they're one of the two is going to be right. We're going to see four quarterbacks go early. Uh, there was a story out there that, obviously, Trevor Lawrence is going to be uh, the number one overall pick of the Jacksonville Jaguars. That That's the reason um, that Urban Meyer took that job. Um, but 
where does Trey Lance go? There was a story out there that the Patriots are intrigued by Justin Fields. And you know what that says to me? They're not intrigued by Justin Fields. <laughs> because nothing leaks out of that building. The minute I read that story, I said, this is a plant. There's, there's, they, they love Trey Lance. They love somebody else. They don't love Justin Fields. There's no way that that's going to happen. And I think what you will see, much like you saw last year during the draft process, is the cream rises to the tops. The organizations like the Patriots, the Ravens, the Patriots not so much last year because they were down here, but they, they, will, they will make this draft process work. They will evaluate. They will study. They will look at these quarterbacks, and they're going to make this work. Um, in addition to the four quarterbacks that could go in the first seven or eight picks, we're going to see three, four wide receivers go pretty early as well. Um, so the draft in Cleveland, there will be uh, a limited number of fans in attendance. Um, the quarterback story is something that we're going to be following, uh, I don't want to say every day, but certainly every week leading up to the draft. Um, and that is a uh, sort of a return to normalcy. I'm glad, I'm glad it's going to be in Cleveland. Um, I think that's, we, we've, seen, we've seen the draft in Philadelphia. We've seen the draft in Texas. We were supposed to see the draft in Vegas. That didn't happen. Um, but what they have done and the draft soon is going to be in Los Angeles with taking the draft on the road. Uh, another one of just, in my mind, the brilliant decisions that the NFL has made. Another genius, uh, yeah. money-making <laughs> just machine. Um, we haven't even talked about the, the television deal that they just inked for over uh, $100 million where Amazon takes over Thursday night football. There's more flex scheduling. Um, that's something that we're going to be talking about a little bit with uh, with Peter King, but you can see for our television viewers uh, and streaming viewers on Peacock um, the the artwork and what it's going to look like in Cleveland for the draft to be live and on site again. Uh, so looking forward to that. Looking forward to talking to Porter Moser, Loyola Chicago head coach, coming up in the next hour. Also a news update from Brockman is on the way. All right, I'm throwing. All right, up, welcome back, everybody. I'm throwing uh, up some poll questions. Yeah, you got a, some, right some poll ideas. We're throwing up some poll questions. All right, which Cinderella has the best chance to reach the Elite Eight in the Midwest and the South? Since those matchups in the Sweet 16 are they locked up? Oregon State, Loyola Chicago, they play each other. Oral Roberts plays Arkansas, right? And Syracuse plays Houston. I just have trouble calling Syracuse and Oregon State Cinderellas. I can still throw Loyola Chicago in there, even though they're a significantly better team than the significantly better team. They're uh, twenty five and four this Orange. year. Yeah, no, I mean they're legit. They're top fifteen team for uh, a good portion of the season. And by the way, in Ken Palm and the Net, they're a top ten team. How does where I will wow. ask Coach Moser this coming up? How do they get an eight seed? I mean, that's not just unfair to them. That's unfair to the teams that they play. Right. I mean, Illinois had to play an eight seed that was really more like a three seed. Sure. I don't know. It was weird. I, I, I feel like the committee kind of dropped the ball there. But um, you know what it did? It created another great story. 
Oral Roberts, tremendous story. Loyola, Chicago, just three years removed from a uh, from a Final Four run back in the Sweet 16 again. Oregon State, somebody that uh, was picked to finish dead last in the Pac-12, wins their conference tournament, and they get in, and they get in by taking down uh, Oklahoma State and the potential number one overall pick in the draft. This is a discussion that uh, we may have later in the show, but what the NBA has done with the G League and now that paying elite NBA prospects yeah. uh, half a million dollars a year to entice them to come and be developed under that uh, NBA umbrella is a great idea. I love it. Great idea. But it's still, it's still, in my mind, pales in comparison to the exposure that one gets playing for a major college program or one year, really, for four months um, and that college experience um, that one would have. It's a, I guess it's a win-win situation because college isn't for everybody, and certainly the G League uh, offers an opportunity for guys to make a little money as they get ready. Porter Moser, Loyola Chicago head basketball coach, coming up in the next hour. Dan Helley filling in on the Rich Eisen Show.